Welcome back to Be the Sought After Entrepreneur podcast. This is episode number 13, and I'm your host, Katherine Thompson. Thank you, as always, for tuning into this episode, but you know the drill. Before we dive in, I want to give a big shout out to one of our listeners of the week. Lori wrote, Dynamic Ways to Be. I've been following Catherine for a couple years now. It's never been the right time to work with her personally, but I have followed her and been getting so much information that I can apply in my business. And now her podcast is just the next notch up for giving information that I haven't heard of before as an entrepreneur. She taps into new ways to do things to take my business to the next level. Looking forward to following and listening to your new podcast. Thanks, Catherine. Thank you, Lori, for your kind and thoughtful words and for taking the time to leave a review. This really does build off last week's review from Acacia. My goal has always been to offer different perspectives or ways of doing things in business. One, to show you that there isn't a one-size-fits-all approach to success, marketing, sales, and business, but more importantly, to give you permission to do things on your own terms, things that feel good for you and that feel aligned. So thank you, Lori. I love reading, like you know, every review that comes in. So please don't forget to leave one as it helps me know my message is resonating and helping you succeed in business. Plus, I love shouting out my listeners of the week. Now, I'm super excited, as I always am, to welcome today's guest, Ken Westgard. Ken is going to share with you how to overcome the fear of launching and how to do it with ease. Ken is on a mission to lead a movement of coaches and course creators who are still working that nine to five become those six figure launchers that they've always dreamed of. Sounds amazing, right? Ken is quick to connect with people across the globe who are interested in learning from him because of his sincere, supportive, and witty personality that is magnetic to his ideal clients who are wanting experienced support when implementing their big dreams. As a multi-passionate manifesting generator, I can so resonate with this, who loves experimenting with launches, Ken will dive deep in his pursuit of finding the truth about launching. And when he does, he'll make sure to share that newfound knowledge with you. Now, Ken moves fast, like I do. Again, I so resonate with the MG energy, but he always speaks the truth, which is why he's not shy to share even the things that some people might find a bit woo or out there, such as being in alignment when you launch, how your energy can greatly impact your launch, or how human design can help you become the best version of yourself during a launch. Not to worry though, Ken will also make sure you have your strategies in place and build a strong foundation with crystal clear messaging, irresistible offers, and a solid plan. His podcast, Oh My God, I'm Launching, which I had the honor of being on when he first launched it, is quickly becoming a favorite for his valuable insights and fun stories that highlight the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success that comes from being in launch mode. Sounds amazing, right? So without further ado, let's welcome Ken to the show. After generating over a million dollars in sales and selling one of her businesses with a single email, your host, Katherine Thompson, takes an unconventional approach to marketing and sales. So if you're ready to tap into a more powerful way to be seen, heard, and a sought-after entrepreneur in your industry without having to spend endless hours marketing your business and chasing clients, you're in the right place. Be the Sought-After Entrepreneur Podcast is here to help you ditch the cookie-cutter, one-size-fits-all approach to marketing and use your unique energy to effortlessly attract the most aligned clients. 
When you do this, you can spend less time marketing your business and more time doing your soul work and enjoying the richness of your life. Welcome to Be the Sought After Entrepreneur Podcast. And here's your host, Katherine Thompson. Hey, Ken, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. I was one of your first guests on your Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. So super stoked to have you on. Ken is a launch strategist. He knows all things launching and will really help. I can't wait to discuss with him all about launching because I get a lot of questions from the listeners how to launch and launching is exhausting and I don't really want to do it and all that. So I'm super stoked to have Ken Westgard on today to chat with you and share with our lovely listeners all around launching and how to make it simple and how to make it fun and how to do it in a way that feels good for you guys. So welcome, Ken. Thank you so much. And I appreciate that, you know, you were on my podcast as some of the first ones. So happy to do the same favor back to you. Yeah, yeah. We we are one month into launching this episode. We'll probably air kind of closer to the end of August. So it'll be around two months of us being alive. And, and you know all too well, the launching of a podcast is a bit of a roller coaster, ups and downs, lots of learning and, and all of that. So, <laughs> Well, actually, launching a podcast is pretty much the same process as you would launch anything else. I've learned that you know, after a while myself, but having a few guests on and we have uh, had a, you know, a few people actually launching a podcast and it's really no different. You know, you do it the same way you promote it, you get a team behind it and all that stuff. So yeah, it can be a lot of fun too. Yeah. And and you know what? The launching of my podcast was probably the most fun I had. And you are absolutely right. It is exactly like launching a program and all of that. And that's exactly how I went into it and had so much fun doing it and really had no expectations. I mean, I had goals and stuff set, but I had no real expectation of how it was going to turn out. And it was just, yeah, super fun. Had an amazing launch pod squad team. So I'd love for you to share with our listeners a little bit about who you are, where you are, and what your business is. Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, I'm from Norway, so I'm across the pond. I guess a lot of your, what should I say, your guess is probably not from this area. So yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I'm a launch coach and strategist, like I said, and I help people or online course creators, coaches, launch their programs, their courses and all that stuff. And make sure that we you know, focus on stuff like messaging, offer, you know, make sure that we take care of ourselves during the launch. It's not just, you know, head or straight into it. You need to make sure that you have everything planned out. So yeah. So cool. And I love that you touch on like sort of all the different components of of launching because and we'll dive a little bit more into that and like what that actually kind of looks like Um, messaging sort of having a plan having a process in place and kind of really setting yourself up for success in in the in the long term. So when you first launched your podcast, Oh, my God, I'm launching, I remember applying to be on the show, because I just absolutely loved what the mission stood for. So I'd love for you to share with our listeners, what that mission is, and why you launched that podcast. Sure. Well, I did notice that, you know, People tend to talk a lot about, you know, all these big, huge launches, which is great. I mean, we need to hear about the six-figure launches, seven-figure launches. There's a lot to learn from them. But I think we could learn, you know, the same amount, if not even more, from some of the first launches that we did. And even, you know, the people who have done the six-figure launches or seven-figure launches, they also had their first launch. And, you know, some of them might actually have had a zero sale launch or a total tank launch, fail launch, whatever you want to call it. And I think we need to make sure that we have some focus on that as well. 
because we tend to forget that when we get to that point where you're doing six and seven figure launches, you don't remember what it was like when you first started out. And the fact of the matter is that there's a lot of coaches and course creators out there who's just, you know, launching for the first time. And they think that, you know, once they launch, they're going to, oh, we're going to see the six figure launch in just a few launches, which is, you know, it can be done, but it rarely happens. You know, we're, I think it's more likely to see that you have a failed launch in the way that you call a failed launch and you will have maybe zero sales or just a few sales. Yeah. And I love that you touch on that because I think it helps give our listeners some perspective. Because I do think when I talked about my expectations of going into my podcast, I didn't really have expectations. I had set, you know, the number of downloads that I was aiming for on launch day and where I might land in the charts on that kind of first day and all of that. But I really did for the first time let go completely of like what those results were going to be. And probably because there what I wasn't selling anything at the end. There wasn't a sales part of it at the end. And and that's a huge learning for me, right? Is like I should be able to go into that launch, even a launch that has sales at the end with that sort of same detached from that outcome sort of thing. And and just having that perspective of like, yeah, that very first launch, especially when you're launching a program for the first time and you really might not have even validated what it is that you're putting out into the world. That first launch is validation to some degree. But that learning, right, is like that expectation of you know, you're you know likely not going to hit that six, seven, eight figures. And if you do, you probably had a, a really good audience prior to, or maybe you had a prior business in the offline world and we're bringing it online or whatever. There's a lot of reasons that could yeah play into that six, seven figures, but really kind of setting the stage for new course creators or course creators that are launching a new program and really kind of Um, laying those expectations. That's why I loved the whole idea of the podcast when you first launched it, because I was just like, people need to hear the failed launches, the zero sales, the crickets, they need to hear all of that, and then how to get back up again and and redo it. Um, So if you could share with our listeners, what does launching entail? Because I think there is some misconception out there of like what needs to go into it in order to make it successful and or set yourself up for success or at least failure and then learning from that failure. Like how do you put things in place to set yourself up for success? That was a lot to kind of pack it all up. But I think one of the biggest problem is that people overthink launching in a big way because they think they have to do everything. They need to have all the bells and whistles. And that is because a lot of people out there are, you know, telling you that you need to do this, you need to do that. And everybody's, you know, they're kind of pushing their, how should I put it, pushing their agenda. Yeah. Because they, you know, people tell you that, you know, webinar is the best way to launch or, you know, doing a live challenge is the best way to launch or doing emails is still the best way because emails is not dead and stuff like that. So obviously you take on all of that and you think, oh, I need to do all of this. And sure, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces to a launch. By all means, but you can make it a lot simpler, a lot more easy. It doesn't have to be everything that you get told to do. Yeah. And so in terms of like making it simple and making it fun and making it easy and kind of looking outside of your like outside at all, what everyone's doing, do you feel like people kind of fall into the trap of looking at the seven figures, eight figure business owners who have these like massive launches, but they've been launching for, you know, maybe 13 years or 12 years or 10 years, or they've done hundreds of launches and they've built up to that. Because I think sometimes we look at those six and seven figure business owners and we think, oh, I want to do what they're doing. That looks awesome. 
but we forget that they've built a team or they've started exactly where we are right now and they've grown that. Like those launches look more like a scaled launch, right? Yeah, and that is probably because they are teaching us a way of launching and we look at them and you know they are doing this massive launch with that concept of, oh, this is the way you should launch. So let's say some people are promoting that you should use a webinar for launch and obviously they've used it successfully but obviously they're at a totally different level and they're not teaching from that level when they first started out so they might actually forget that and we tend to see oh they're doing so well with this launch oh they got thousand new people into this group or whatever sometimes you can actually see you know how many people actually join in on this fund but i think that's probably a little bit of the problem that we tend to see you know these gurus telling us to do this and we look at them and seeing them doing really well with it but it's not adapted to the way we might want to do it or should do it or yeah yeah and so what would you say is like you know to share with the listeners like some ways in which people can make launching easy or simple like what would you say is like the thing that they should focus on if they want to make it simple or easy Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I would say that, you know, no matter how you're launching, it doesn't really matter. I mean, we know the webinar works. We know that challenge works. We know that email is not dead. You can do a launch through social media, just stories if you just want to do that. So everything kind of works. Everything that people are telling you, it works. So that's not the problem. The problem is, you know, we tend to go towards things that may not feel too comfortable or it's not aligned with us. I mean, sure, we should push ourselves, you know, out of our comfort zone, because that's kind of where the cold nugget is. But we shouldn't push ourselves so far that it feels really uncomfortable. And you kind of want to just curl up and hide, because that energy is not serving you at all. I think that's probably some I'm starting to see more and more people talk about this. But energy is kind of important when you're launching, because if you show the wrong energy, people are going to pick up that even through just a camera or through a podcast or whatever it is that you're launching. So yeah, yeah, I love that you touch on the alignment and the energy piece. Be the sought after entrepreneur of this podcast is really all about that in a lot of ways is like how we show up really does play a huge factor in the success of your launch. And I've worked with clients of mine who have launched and went in with like, I didn't want to put all my effort into it because I wasn't sure it was going to work out. Ended up working out to some degree, but not to the way that they wanted to. And so that whole energy piece going into that and that alignment. And I know when I was on your podcast, I talked about my very first launch. And that was, I did a webinar and it felt so weird to me. It just was not my thing at all. And it wasn't the strategy, as you mentioned. I think it's so important for the listeners to take away from this is like, it's not the strategy. We know webinars work. We know live launches work. We know you can sell on social. You, I mean, there's a, so many strategies out there that work. It just finding what works for you and going outside of your comfort zone is important. So it's finding that balance of like, where am I letting the fear stop me versus like, is this really something that's not in alignment with who I am? And sometimes that takes testing. Would you agree? Like testing out launches. Yeah, I think that's like probably one of the cornerstones of launching is that you need to just see launch as an experiment. You know, you're testing out new things, you're testing your messaging, you're testing out your offer, you're testing out the way you're launching it. I mean, it's testing, testing, testing. And obviously, you don't want to flip everything on the head for each launch that you do, because then you won't know actually what worked and what didn't work. But if you do small tweaks, small changes all the time, then you can kind of test and see, okay, this worked, this didn't work. And obviously, the most important thing is not to get 
totally bummed out when things are not working, but it just proves you, okay, this didn't work. Well, okay, let's move on and try another thing. And just kind of tweak it, tweak it, tweak it, tweak it. And, you know, 10 years from now, you'll be doing six-figure launches after all. Yeah, I love, again, that you talk about the testing and the tweaking and not scrapping everything. Because I, I do think, and I see this often, is the whole scrapping of the idea or starting from scratch. I did it. Yeah, and it's understandable. I mean, you yeah. know, you, when you see things aren't working, oh, man, okay, let, we got to start all over again, try something new. But yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even that it's not working. Sometimes they're like, when you actually look at the data, look at the numbers and look at it like that experiment, we start to see things of like, well, it worked. We might not have gotten the results. So if I set a $50,000 launch goal and I ended up getting 5000 or $10,000, I mean, there's things that are working in that launch process is the biggest thing I learned. And I learned when I went through your beta program too, is like I learned laying a process, laying a plan, really kind of getting clear and making those objective, making objective decisions versus emotional ones of like, I'm bummed out that, you know, I didn't get the thing that I wanted, but there are things that are working in there. So in terms of energy and alignment, do you have any sort of recommendations? Like, what does that look like going in to a launch with that aligned energy or that? Do you ever see your client's go through that like launch roller coaster. How do you keep that good energy throughout your entire launch? Well, obviously that is probably one of the hardest things with launching because I think everything else is pretty easy. I mean, you have templates, you have strategies, you have resources everywhere online, whether that's through some kind of a coach or a course creator or something like that. You have all that. So that's not the problem. That's something you can easily follow and just go through the plan. But once it comes to you and, you know, the way you're feeling about launch, that's a whole different level. And I think almost anyone would say that they have some kind of concerns or they feel like, you know, the energy is off at some times because it's not getting, you're not getting the results that you wanted or not seeing, you know, the results that you hope for. But uh, yeah, I see that with every client that, you know, every time <laughs> we go into launch, same things come up every single time. It's like, oh my God, we're doing this. Oh, I don't know. Oh, is this not working? Why is this not working? Or, you know, oh, this is great. Yeah, well, I've got somebody to sign up. <laughs> it's like total roller coaster all the time. Yeah, and that whole, yeah, maintaining that. And it's easier said than done, as you mentioned, right? It's like, and every launch is different. Would you agree in terms of like, what worked last time, you're trying to duplicate or replicate that, but the industry changes, the environment changes, all of those sorts of things can change. And so what happened? I mean, I've had a couple launches where like really, really successful. And then in the midst of that success, a dip and then success, success, right? And so you can't necessarily compare. You can compare and look at the data. You can't look at that single launch that you're doing and go, well, the last time I got, you know, 15 people, you know, now only have eight. I mean, the circumstances, things change, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think kind of back to what we talked about, you know, uh, is that we need to look at the numbers, not necessarily the sales or the people that join, because that's just one part of it. But, you know, conversions rate on each stage of the launch, you know, how many people, let's say you're doing a webinar. So how many people sign up for the webinar? How many people watch the webinar? How many people bought through the webinar? How many people went to the sales page? And then who, you know, so there's different stages throughout that funnel. And those conversion rates will tell you where things are not working, obviously, because if you're getting 
people on sales places and they're actually buying. If that's at, you know, let's say 20%, that's amazing. I mean, yeah. the industry is like 2%. That's even good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it's really important to look at those percentages of people converting at each stage of the funnel. I think that's going to help you a lot. Yeah. So let's talk about the stages in terms of if you can kind of break it down in a simple sort of way for the listeners. Like when you talk about the stages, what are those stages? Well, that can be very very different from, you know, each person of the way they're doing that launch, obviously. But I think the most important one, obviously, is, you know, once you get people to the sales page and then the checkout, you know, how many actually buy from that sales page. Yeah. So that's probably one of the first places you would look for any kind of number. So if that's performing well, though, don't screw with that. <laughs> Just keep it as it is, yeah. obviously. But like I said, you know, it can be down to 2% and that will still be good. So no need to be bummed out if that doesn't work. But after that, obviously there's, you know, emails, how many people go from the email sales page clicking through to your sales yeah. page. Obviously, if you're doing ads, you know, how many people going f- watching the ads to actually going to the sales page or the webinars we just talked about. So there's, you know, at that point, it can vary a lot because people are doing different strategies. Yeah, gotcha. So in terms of basically the sum of that is to really kind of know your numbers more than anything. Obviously, sales is a really good indication of like, okay, what's working? And if you are getting sales, what is that conversion rate? Is it 2%? Is it 5%? What percentage is it? And then if you're not getting sales, obviously, then kind of looking at the front end of that funnel, like, okay, so am I getting qualified leads coming through? Am I getting, you know, where is it? And it's not the strategy. Usually it has to do with, could be the messaging, could be the offer. (laughs) Yeah, that's the huge thing. People might look at this and, oh, you know, it's, oh, this is not working in general. That's how I would view it. But it could be very well your messaging that is off because you're not connecting with the people that you're trying to, you know, get out to. And then you might be the offer because the offer is not as good as you thought it would be, or you didn't explain it well enough, the value of it. I think there's so many pieces in the messaging and I offer before you actually start looking at other things yeah. that are not converting. Yeah, totally. Do you feel like the messaging and the offer are like the two biggest pieces like in terms of like a successful launch the strategy obviously is you can employ any strategy you want basically but it's like it really does boil down to that messaging and that offer and like having that synergy or cohesion there for those two is that what i'm hearing yeah yeah that's pretty much what you're hearing yeah i would say messaging is like the foundation of everything you do and it's the foundation of your business it's not just your launch so once you actually nail that you know, things will be a lot easier. But when I'm saying nail that, I don't actually mean that you will actually nail it because <laughs> I think I think messaging keeps evolving as you keep evolving as well. And it will change. And honestly, messaging is probably one of the hardest things to nail in that sense because it takes a lot of work. It takes time to kind of figure out what that messaging is. It's not something you will just get done in a day and that's it and done. You can just set it and forget it kind of a deal. It does require a lot of work. Yeah. And I so love that you share that and talk about that because I think it's so important for the audience to hear, the listeners to hear that one, your messaging is an evolving sort of ecosystem that's always changing. As you grow, as you change, as you become a better coach or consultant or expert, that's going to change. But also that it takes time. 
that's not something like that you just nail and forget about it and it's like okay it's done and now i'm just I wish it was <laughs> yeah right? it's not and it yeah. is uh yeah i mean it does take time to sort of yeah figure out what works and what doesn't work for your audience and so that that time piece is is huge do you think there's you know is there any kind of misconceptions in the industry right now around launching that you know you are wanting to change or you want to see change I think we've kind of touched on a couple of those things, obviously, you know, first of all, that, you know, it's not about all those six and seven figure launches. We have to accept that, you know, the first launches is going to be crappy. It's not going to be the results that you hope for. I mean, there are exceptions. I'm not saying that it's, it's not, but we tend to look at, you know, these gurus and experts out there who are doing really well. And honestly, they've been doing this for probably 10 years or more. So they've just been consistent and launching all the time. So we will get there, everyone, but it's going to take time. Absolutely. Do you see any changes in the industry happening when it comes to strategies and different strategies that are working now versus what worked before? Yeah, I would say that I do see a lot of people going towards, I think we heard a lot about, you know, alignment, heart-centered yeah. entrepreneurs, all that stuff. And I think we're starting to see more of that. And it seems to me that audience is also responding more to it as well because it's i think we're well 2020 hindsight uh yeah i say <laughs> we're kind of more in tune with ourselves after that and i think you know we connect more with people who are coming from a place of heart where they actually want to be of service with people and not just being that pushy salesy entrepreneur that we used to see a lot before but things have changed and i think more now than ever, that business is personal, even though you're doing a launch where you're kind of connecting with so many people, you still want to make sure that people understand who you are and where you're coming from with values and mission statements and whatever that might be. Yeah. And, and it's so true. I think, I mean, yeah, 2020 hindsight for sure. And us kind of reconnecting with ourselves and figuring out what works for us, or again, they call it the great resignation that's going to happen here, right? With people like resigning and going into entrepreneurship or doing more of the things that are in alignment with them, whatever that that looks like and and forming more of that, like that connection with their audience. So you're launching whatever that is, is really making sure that you're coming from a place of service first um, and coming from a place, you know, that heart centered entrepreneur, which is, yeah, so, so, so beautiful. So again, I think we kind of touched on this a little bit and chatted about it, but what is your perception because of your mission behind, oh my God, I'm launching the perception about like, how do you take a failed launch or how do you walk your clients through a failed launch, so to speak? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, you know, we talked about looking at the numbers. So we make sure that we do look at the numbers and get the right, you know, point of view of the launch is has the launch actually failed or are we just thinking that because it didn't feel like it performed as well as we wanted to, but, uh, you know, a launch may still fail. You know, the numbers might fail us. They're not as good as they should be. Yeah. And honestly, I think the most important thing here is to kind of reframe that and just stop calling it a fail launch because a launch never really fails. It just feels like it. But in honestly, we can just look at this as a huge lesson. You know, what yeah. they will learn from this. And that's probably one of the most important things that we do after launch is doing that debrief and just taking a deep look at, okay, what, actually worked and what didn't work and what can we learn from this launch that we can take with us to the next launch 
Yeah. And you touched on the debrief and I love that as well as like doing, taking the time after the fact to, to do a debrief. Can you share with our listeners just like a snippet of like what the debrief actually is? Like what's the purpose of it? Why it's important? I mean, it's really simple. It's really just looking at what worked and what didn't work and just, you know, writing down a bullet point list with, you know, this are the stuff that worked, this is what didn't work and kind of just diving a little bit deeper on each topic and just make sure that you understand what kind of happened during the launch. And sometimes it can be hard to maybe look back at launch and remember what kind of didn't work and what did work. So it could be a good idea to maybe just during the launch, just, you know, write a few things down, oh, this didn't really work and just make sure that you have everything that, you know, on hand after because we tend to forget really fast when things are done. <laughs> yeah, so agree with that. And doing the debrief like very quickly after the fact, even though, I mean, it can be hard when we don't necessarily get the results we wanted or the performance of the launch didn't go the way we wanted. It can be really hard to sit down and kind of go through what worked, what didn't work, what we could do better, what we want to keep and continue to do, but it's so, so important. We want to do it though. When we yeah. really think that, you know, this sucks, but that's when you really should do it. Yeah. Cause it really does set you up for the next launch. Right. And going into that next launch with, yeah, basically your numbers, your data and kind of really how you were feeling, I guess, post post launch. I hear a lot from my clients and my audience that launching is exhausting so tiring. It's so exhausting. I don't want to do it. Any sort of tips or takeaways for people to make it less exhausting? Or why do you feel like it is exhausting for people? Do you feel like there's a reason why launching becomes so exhausting for people? It's probably because they don't really expect the emotional roller coaster that it is. Yeah. And it goes back to what we talked about, the energy and all that stuff as well. You might be trying to do stuff that isn't aligned with what you want to do and then that's going to be really energy draining. So that's the, you know, that aspect of it. But I also think that when we go into launch, maybe we haven't planned out things properly. So maybe we get this idea, I'm going to launch and it's maybe, let's say it's just two, three weeks away. And then you just kind of throw things together and you're still, you know, tweaking the webinar slides, the sales page, the emails, everything just during the launch as well. So that's obviously going to be, a lot of energy that goes out as well. Uh, and the third thing is, when we're running the launch, we forget to take care of ourselves. Uh, and we're talking just basic needs here. I mean, yeah. we're not eating the right food, but just immediately jumping to just you know junk food because it's easy, it's fast, and you have so much else you need to do. You're not getting out and getting some fresh air. You're probably you know drinking soda or having some wine or a beer or whatever. You're not getting hydrated, so you need to make sure you're drinking water. You may be staying up late because you need to get something done. So it's 2 a.m. You should have been <laughs> gone to yeah. bed, you know? So make sure you get enough sleep. So it's really those basic needs as well are super important, but we tend to forget it and throw it out of the window because we're in a launch and we've got a launch and, you know, launching is hard. And you know how people talk about it. So, yeah. Yeah. So we, we kind of do it to ourselves in a lot of ways. And I've done this in the past. Again, I think the podcast launch for me was probably the easiest most flow energy wise for me. And it was, it, there was a lot of takeaways from that launch that I'm going to take into future launches because you're right. I was still hydrating. I felt like I had no real pressure put on myself. So obviously I've put a lot of pressure on myself in launches that result in sales at the end of it. 
And so, yeah, it's so true how we can throw our good habits out the window during a launch, but also the planning. I think that's a big one. And I see this so often with online course creators, consultants, coaches, where they go into those launches, writing emails, like cart open emails while they're trying to deliver a live training or workshop. And exactly, it's going to be exhausting. And why it's so important not to scrap everything the next time, because once you create those launch assets, so to speak, emails, social posts, that sort of thing, those can just be like repeated next time or tweaked and changed slightly so that you're not reinventing the wheel. Because that's another big one I see course creators do is reinvent the wheel each time. And that also adds to that that exhaustion. But so you're a firm believer that launching can be fun and can be easy and doesn't have to be exhausting. Because I do think, I mean, it's important for anything. It does. It's not just course creators. I mean, when you're launching a business or doing a promotion within a brick and mortar, right? I mean, you're, there's a lot of energy and effort that goes behind promoting your products or services. And so do you agree that it can be easy and fun and it doesn't have to be exhausting with the right plan and strategy in place? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, if they do everything that we kind of talked about, that's launch is going to be easy. Yeah, it's not necessarily easy to get to that point, because we do have to, or we might have to do some work on ourselves to get to that point. I know I have to go through a lot of personal stuff and just working on the mindset and all that stuff. It's not the sexy part of it, but it's really fun when you kind of get past all of that limiting beliefs that we might have or, you know, just getting a grip on our emotions or thinking it's going to change a lot of things. And personally, I've been looking a lot into human design. I don't know if your listeners is into that, but yeah, it's been really, <laughs> really interesting to kind of see like everything that I thought, you know, was wrong with me in air quotes was actually just the way I'm supposed to be. And it's quite normal for me to behave or do things in a certain way. way. And you know, that's maybe how I should actually run my business or how I should do a launch or whatever it might be. So um, that just makes everything a lot more clear. So if people are interested in human designer, highly recommend just checking it out. Just yeah. but don't dive too deep because it's, it can get really deep. Yeah, it is definitely a process. I kind of jumped into it last summer. So it's been about a year, but I'm like, just kind of trying to operate in my own strategy, right? So which is manifesting generator. I think you're a manifesting generator yeah, as well. Manifesting generators. <laughs> yeah. And so we we are a different breed for sure. And a lot of the things that I thought was wrong with me was actually just how I'm supposed to be, as you said, right? And so it's like, and how I was running my business was so not in alignment with who I was. And so my business in the last year or two has evolved so much and will continue to evolve the more I go down. I say the human design rabbit hole, but I do it in, like you said, not I don't go down too deep. I just, you know, kind of scratch the surface, get, you know, read a little bit about it and whatnot so that I can start to implement it. Because I think the implementation of it and starting to try to live your strategy the best that you can is really important, like how to do that. And so in terms of human design, what would you say is like the biggest thing you've learned about yourself as a manifesting generator? Hmm. Great question. I would say that it's, I would just say in general, is it's okay to be me. Yeah. I mean, I know that sounds kind of cheesy, but that's like the biggest thing that for me, I did a reading as well, because, yeah. you know, like I said, you, when you're trying to do everything yourself, it's kind of scratching the surface. I just want to go a little bit deeper and have a reading with someone. And they were like super excited about my profile and all that. And it's like, 
you just get this affirmation that, you know, everything that you're doing is just the way it's supposed to be. And, and people love you for it. If you actually jump into that and just being yourself. Yeah. I think that's probably the biggest thing that it's okay to be yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's so not cheesy because it is, is true. I think it's so important in your business, especially, but also in life, right? That whole ripple effect of like your life, just you being who you are and who you're meant to be. And I think that's where for launching specifically is how it can be so exhausting and so tiring because we're trying to force against something that is not us. And that I learned that with the webinar, like the webinar, I felt so disconnected I'm a four, six manifesting generator. So I'm like a people person. I need engagement. I need back and forth. I need conversation. And the webinar, I just felt like I was talking into like the void. And I just felt so disconnected from people. I was like, I felt like a teacher and doing a presentation with no real engagement. I really struggled with it. But lots of people love the webinar plot, like strategy. It just is, wasn't for me. But I felt like when I first started in this space that I had to do webinars. And then I moved to the challenge and I love the challenge because of the engagement and the community and all of that, which is so, so important to me. And so I think, yeah. That's the part of the launching where it will make it fun for you because you're doing what you actually want to be doing. Yeah. And honestly, I recommend everybody who is is going into launch or whatever, just get a human design reading and that will help you so much in understanding how you should be launching. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. thinking about actually recommending this to my clients. It's before we start, start working together, go get a human design reading because then we'll understand a lot more how you should be launching. So, yeah, and it's so true. And I've sort of brought some of that into my business. I'm no, like I always say to my people, I'm not an expert in human design and I will not say that I am at all. And so, but I do think that getting a human, I always ask permission prior to if I can at least pull up their chart because I love to get an idea, one of how we will work together, right? I think that's also a big one, but also like how they operate and how they function. And it's just interesting to see how people see, we'll see the world and things start to make sense, right? Now, a lot of like one-one clients who I know their chart, I'm like, oh, that makes total sense. Why? Right? And it's like, that's not going to work for you. I already can see that because I know your chart, right? Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, the human design stuff is, I think, is so valuable. And I do recommend anyone get a reading. I've mentioned it a couple of times on podcasts and I had people reaching out to me, tell me more about this human design stuff. So I always ref reference people that I follow and I say, go follow them and go reach out to them because by no means am I an expert. But I do think it is super helpful just to get into alignment and accept, I guess, the parts of you that you probably thought were not right or like, you know, the con society's conditioning of us as manifesting generators, that's what I can speak to them most. But I just know there's a lot of conditioning around the way that we just operate differently in a, in a lot of ways. So I love that you got a reading because I just, yeah. Do you feel like your business has changed or you've evolved your business at all because of human design? I just had a reading quite recently. So okay. not a yeah. lot have changed yet, but I made sure that I, you know, went through the recording because I got recording afterwards and awesome. kind of transcribed it, went through it and kind of created a guide for myself, just kind of a reminder of, you know, this is how I should be operating and this is the way I should be working so that I can continue to look back at it and just, oh, right. Yeah. I should be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So I always ask this question at the end of every podcast is like, what is your definition of success? Mm, that is such a hard question though. I know. <laughs> <laughs> But honestly, it has nothing to do with money or anything like that. I think it's more about just 
figuring out my deeper purpose of just, you know, what am I supposed to be doing here and how can I help people and create some kind of impact that can help other people again? I think that's my version of success. Once you kind of get to that point where you actually know that, wow, this is what I'm supposed to be doing and this is how I'm supposed to help people. Yeah, that's success in my book. Love it. Love it. Yeah, I'm on a bit of a mission to redefine success. And part of the reason why I ask that question always is to get everybody's perspective of it because everybody's perspective is different. And that is my hope is that we can start to kind of redefine what success looks like for people. For some, it might be money. For some, it might not be Absolutely. money. And so and there's nothing wrong with that. No, just, that's yeah. just not for me. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I'm really hoping to sort of like paint a picture to the audience and listeners that they get to decide and define their own level of success and what that looks like. And that there isn't this right or wrong way around success or making money or running a business, right? That we get to do it on our own terms. So true. Yeah. So it's been so awesome connecting with you and chatting with you. I cannot wait for our listeners to listen to this episode all around launching. Is there anything else you want to share before we wrap this up? I think we touched on a lot of great points. I would say that, you know, focus on your messaging first and foremost, because that is the foundation. It will make everything so much easier for you just, you know, in your business, when you're on social media, when you're sending out emails, whatever you're doing, messaging is going to help you a long way. Make sure you have a great offer and explain or showing the value and the transformation that you're going to get with that offer. And, you know, also make sure that you plan, plan ahead. I mean, it's so simple yeah. and, <laughs> and make sure that you take your time to, you know, have that launch and not just throw it together in a week or so, but, you know, at least have 30 days, you know, maybe 60 to 90 would be perfect, but yeah, you to have 30 days to do a launch and make sure that you also set a date. I know people terrible at that. Just, I'm going to launch sometime in the future, but set that date and then work your you know, way back uh, from that point. Yeah, such a great takeaway is there with like sort of a mapping out of the 30, 60, 90 days, right? Like what's ideal to at least set yourself up for success in terms of launching with ease and flow and not feeling like rushed and panicked. But also um, setting that date, I know that was a big one. It is a big one for me, but I, you know, setting my launch of my podcast, I pushed my date back one time and then I had a mentor that I was working with and she's just like, no, let's keep that date. Like you're ready, you're ready to go. But it's that whole mindset stuff, right? Of like, well, I'm not ready and it's not perfect enough. And then, you know, I got to get all these other ducks in my inner row. And she's like, no, you are so ready to go. Like you've got 10 episodes recorded, like you're ready to go. What are you waiting for? So, so it, it yeah, setting that date and sticking to that and then creating that plan, which I think is so, so helpful. So where can people find you if they want to reach out to you, if they're looking for a launch strategist, someone that can help them execute a launch with ease and flow? Uh, they can even find me on Instagram, obviously, uh, Ken Westgar. That's W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D. Same with um, my website, KenWestgar.com. Yeah, those are the two platforms I'm mostly at. So just hit me up with DM on Instagram and we can have a chat, whatever it is that you feel like you want to chat about. Awesome. And we will definitely link those links up in the show notes for our listeners so that they can easily just click on that. But yeah, if you guys are looking for a launch strategist, someone that can help you execute that launch, Ken is your guy and he is awesome. He'll help you 
plan it out, execute it so that, yeah, you're not pulling your hair out, but then also helping you keep your emotions in, in check, check throughout <laughs> the launch. Cause we all know that, yeah, they can go up and down pretty well. So yeah. it's been such a pleasure. Yeah. I'm so grateful that you are on my show as I was on your show in the er- early days and it, it was super fun. So, so glad you were able to jump on here with me today. Well, thank you so much. I'm equally grateful to just be on your podcast and helping you with your podcast. So yeah, thank you. Awesome. Thank you. For anyone scared of launching or feeling totally overwhelmed by it all, I hope this episode has put some of your fears at ease and given you the permission to launch on your own terms, but also not to take a failed launch personally or that your offer sucks. I know it's easier said than done, but that is my hope from this episode. Now, on episode number 14, we are going back to a solo show where I'll share why chasing the freedom lifestyle will keep you broke and unhappy, but more importantly, why this type of energy is disconnecting you from your purpose, your why, and your core values, all things that are important if you want to embody your brand message, the first step to creating magnetic messaging. It's also the new program I'm going to be launching this fall. It's a program designed to help you effortlessly attract the most aligned clients using the power of your energy and the power of your words. So be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss when this episode drops next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening. We'll see you right back here next time. You can also find us on social media at Creatively Owned and online at creativelyowned.com. Until next time, keep showing up as your authentic self.